Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Well, we are putting the gig economy in the spotlight tonight. Discussions around providing gig workers with institutional support are reaching a new high. And this is especially on the back of Singapore's Ministry of Manpower convening an advisory committee to look into strengthening protections for platform workers. To further build on this discussion, Black Box Research has just launched a white paper examining the relationship between delivery riders and gig work. David Black, the CEO of Black Box Research, joins us now on the line to share more about the study. Hello, David. Good evening, Melissa. Good evening, Timothy. Thanks for having me. That's good, David. Uh, Good to have you here. Uh, So Black Box uh, Research, David, just launched this white paper, right? Um, What uh, were some of the findings that uh, jumped out for you? Well, the first thing is we did did the paper or we did the, the research work around the paper for a couple of reasons. The first one was that we had noticed that there was an awful lot of conversation going on about the topic but it seemed to us that there wasn't much uh, uh, much involvement of the delivery riders themselves. They seemed to be missing sort of from the uh, from the conversation a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to get a bit more of a perspective on what they thought about some of the issues uh, being discussed. I think the most important things that we really found from the study is, I think, contrary to what you sometimes might hear publicly, whether it's you know amongst friends and family or what you read in the media, um, they're a lot happier and a lot more satisfied than. Uh, than what people give them credit for. And I think what was important for me that came out of the study was the kind of sense of agency I found that a lot of the delivery riders have. And they feel that they're often misunderstood, uh, misrepresented, um, you know, and they feel like generally they should get a lot more respect than, uh, mm-hmm. than maybe uh, they sometimes get. I mean, let's face it, most of us uh, uh, come face-to-face with delivery riders at least two or three times a week, you know, if you're, mm. if you're getting food, food delivered to your house. So that was... They, they were key things for us. And then, of course, we explored, you know, some of the other more detailed issues around, uh, you know, their benefits and representation and all those sorts of things from the study. Mm. One of the major findings in your study, um, tell us that um, delivery riders are not in favour of industry changes that, that could potentially disrupt the autonomy they currently enjoy. They seem to be very happy with the status quo, right? Tell us more about that. Well, like I was saying, I mean, I think, you know, what's sometimes forgotten is that uh, the autonomy that they feel and the flexibility they get from this work is sometimes uh, understated. And, um, you know, our findings are actually very, very consistent with a lot of the studies I've seen from uh, from overseas. And so that's, I think, what's really critical to the riders is that they don't want to lose that sense of kind of freedom and autonomy that they get. Mm-hmm. Important to remember, gig riders, I think, sometimes are caricatured or put into one basket. I think our study really finds that they're a pretty diverse group. So it could be a student who's uh, uh, just getting some extra money for work. It could be someone uh, in their 30s who's between uh, jobs. It, of course, includes in some people who are maybe switching between uh, lower-paid jobs and this sort, of, uh, this sort of work. But one of the things we did find is that uh, compared to a lot of other job roles or other work that they get, there's a kind of a level of autonomy and flexibility they can get in this. You know, they can go and study, they can get, uh, uh, they can have their own sort of small uh, mm. side business, those sorts of things. So I think don't under don't underestimate the extent to which uh, I think uh, a lot of delivery riders kind of utilise or use this work uh, in order to sort of do other things. You know, even even things like 
uh, having a bit more family time. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, but we're talking about time autonomy there, right? I understand that for some delivery riders, they also want autonomy over their earnings. So no mandatory CPF contributions, um, you know, et cetera, for, for, as, a, as an example. Yeah, yeah. No, you touch on a really sensitive point there, Melissa, and this is like, I think, goes to a heart of a lot of the discussion on this. Uh, 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 you know, CPF has come up a lot of the time, and our findings, I mean, firstly, uh, the findings show nearly half, about 45%, are not contributing to CPF, maybe save. Mm-hmm. And when we talk to those people about the possibility of CPF uh, becoming compulsory for those in this particular area, the majority, the vast majority said that they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't do it anyway. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that I took away from that was, and again, you know, I've been doing work in and around employment for a long time. If you just talk to other types of uh, freelancers or uh, people who are not in sort of not what I would call traditional nine-to-five work, mm-hmm. that's a common attitude. And so I don't think gig uh, delivery riders are any exception to that. But certainly there is an issue there. It is a really contentious issue as to whether uh, 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 CPF should be something that's imposed on them in, a, in a, com- mm. a compulsory manner. Most of them are just will feed you back that, you know, it's going to eat into their earnings, right. uh, it's going to eat, eat into their disposable income and those sorts of things. Well, so, so, look, I acknowledge it's a really, it's a, look, it's a, it's a contentious issue, but uh, hmm. the delivery riders are pretty clear about it. You're listening to David Black, their CEO of Black Box Research. We're talking about the gig economy and uh, the uh, Ministry of Manpower's Advisory Committee to look into strengthening protections for gig workers. Now, David, I am a gig worker myself. And one of the wonderful right. things about being a freelancer like this is that you, you know, as you mentioned, autonomy, your freedom, whatever you want to do, it's, a, it's your terms, right? So who are these people who want to look into strengthening protections for platform workers? Because I, as, as a gig worker myself, I am not looking for any kind of protection. I am responsible for my own actions in my own time, my own money, and the way I do my business. Well, you've got to remember, Tim, that you know the gig economy now, if you just simply look at the basic numbers, the sheer size and scale of the gig economy is just, has just grown exponentially in the last 10 years and even more so in the last couple of years because of... Uh, uh, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's becoming a really important part of the overall Singapore, Singapore economy as well as the regional economy. And you need to remember a lot of the major organisations that are central to the gig economy have chosen their regional headquarters here as well. So I think if you ask me who are the people that are sort of like talking about this on the outside, I think it's everyone. You know, the government's got a lot at stake here. Employers have got a lot at stake. Everybody across society, us as consumers. I mean, you know, I, I'm listening to you there, Timothy. You know that you're a gig, uh, you know, a gig worker yourself. You know, a lot of us as, as consumers are reliant on uh, on gig workers, uh, and that's an important consideration now. Mm-hmm. That you know, moving forward, it's not like this is a nice thing to have. Most of us, in some way or another, have become incredibly dependent on all aspects of the gig economy. Mm. But as you pointed out, the delivery workers, for Ooh. example, they don't want any changes to be made. So it's, it's almost like, you know, why would you then want to be fixing something that's not that's broken exactly. for them? So what's in it for them? Like, where do you see their blind spots? Where are their blind spots? I think the blind spots is, and, and this is partly why I did the study, Melissa, that, you know, to date, I think what they view, they, they read things and they see things and they often feel, I mean, you've just heard what Timothy was saying about, you know, the fact that 
the things he doesn't want. And that, you know, Tim's comments reflected a lot of what I heard, particularly in the focus groups that we did, that uh, these sorts of changes, that if it's going to change that kind of level of flexibility that you have and your capacity to work as much as you want or as little as you want, that's the kind of real, really big thing. At the same time, I do want to sort of stress that these people aren't sitting, uh, this is my experience, people weren't sitting there statically or passively. A lot of people were sort of still upskilling. Uh, a lot of them were doing uh, training courses. And in fact, I think the companies themselves, if you look into it, seem to be offering a lot of training opportunities for people as well. So it's not as if all uh, gig workers or all delivery riders are one particular thing. A lot of mm. them have got a lot of range, uh, a range of interests mm. and they're doing different things. And a lot of them may be just in transition. They're mm-hmm. using this as an opportunity to go somewhere else. So I think I would just urge caution in terms of painting everybody with the same mm. brush. When you look into the community, they are a really diverse group. Very important point you made there, David. Thank you very much for joining us here and explaining all that to us. David Black, the CEO of Black Box Research, we're talking about a white paper uh, that Black Box Research uh, recently released on uh, the state of gig work here in Singapore. You're listening to Primetime here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.